sorry, my audio quality is not going to be as good because I'm not in my closet anymore. So, yeah. But it should be fine. Is there like a little bit of echo? It's more like I can't do anything about the cars. Mm. It should be fine. I mean, we could also like, I mean, silence shit when you're like not talking and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I mean, also when I first moved here, like my shit was... Like I was listening to Master of Gin and I'm like, oh, so we really, so we just really recorded in an open field. So we just, just echoed in a motherfucker. So we just, dis- we, just we just, oh really? Because I literally no. was like, oh, so we're in an auditorium. That's where you decided to record? Okay. We love that. So you decided to have a whole oh, chorus behind tell. you. That's really, really interesting as a decision. Um, There's singing. But yes. Marty. So, <laughs> literally just a fucking mess. <laughs> Hey, I'm Mako. And I'm Marcy. And welcome back to the Color Pages Book Club. That's right. It's that bi-weekly uh, yes. podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical and. realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Oh, uh, yes. Colorful backgrounds indeed. Yeah. And today we are... Not reading Birdie by Tracy Lindbergh. Um, because this is a bonus episode. Woo! Ow, 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 ow. Woo, I know. Everyone is shocked and surprised. Um, because we definitely said that we would be reading Birdie next. Correct. And that was, yes, plan. documented. Yeah. Um, we Recorded. never, we just, they're like, so the date that you put, I'm like, oh, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> They're like, oh, so you just decided. And we're like, correct. <laughs> There's someone yes. who's like keeping track of this season is like, well, you know, they didn't read. Uh, uh, what was it? The other book? That Bone People read? by yeah. Carrie Holm. <laughs> we didn't read. <laughs> they're crossing that off the list. They're like hmm, <laughs> random bonus episode. <laughs> right. Fucking like summer short randomly in January. Like for some reason. Like, right. it's, just, it's just like, what is it giving this season? Like it, it's giving unorganized. It's giving falling apart by the seams. Um, so you know like, when like a, a, a television show like completely takes a different direction than the first two seasons and you're like right. i don't know if i hate it but i certainly wasn't expecting it <laughs> <That's us>. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god no very very that very so that. the <laughs> so the reason we're not doing birdie this week is because we're gonna do it in two weeks uh, we're still gonna read it it's a phenomenal book we're reading it right now but mm-hmm. we realized just above my head quite quite a heavy read you know, not yeah. light, not a light topic. Um, we were feeling a little down ourselves after reading it, like on an existential tiff. Or I, I'll say I was, you know, I was like, what is the universe? What is race and racism? Mm. What is love and no love and uh, homosexuality in the 20th century? What is mm-hmm. women's rights? Anyway, so I was like, okay, just to pep us up a little bit, you know, have a little fun, bring a little light and joyous hey. behavior to the scenario. We figured we'd do a little a little bonus episode to talk about something that's still in the storytelling mm. realm. Don't worry, we didn't go completely off script. We didn't just start right. making stuff up. Right. <laughs> 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 
suddenly we started talking about reality television shows. Like, right, or like NASCAR racing, and they're like, wow, that was really just like a hard pivot to the right. I Completely. mean, just, I mean, you're, you're really, I mean, at this point, anything goes. <laughs> anything <laughs> goes. And then, someone's like, they were really tugging the line when they started doing television shows and movies, but like, now we've just gone full circle. Anyway. Right, and they're like, did y'all do the whiz, like a whole movie? <laughs> like, 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 this is, it's, I mean, yeah, this isn't the first time y'all have just been a little unhinged. But. It's true. It's true. But hey, you know what? We're going to still bring it back because there are multiple forms of storytelling. That's right. We got Period. movies. Come on. We got television. We got comics. We got books. Tuh. And plays. We got plays. A little mule bone. A little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's Jesus Christ, Mulebone. My God. But anyway, but also we have video games, you know, which we kind of talked about before when we did Butterfly Soup with Books and Boba. Go check them out. Go check us out (laughs) in our episode with them. Uh, We did, because we also did Shield the Mountain with them, right? Which was a great book as well. Mm -hmm. Anyway, not the point. We did a little video game thing and we're going to do it again. We're going to do a little, what, what is storytelling and video games and... Yada, yada, yada. All right. I have a question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sure. What is your question, friend? (laughs) So, um, as we said, video games are a form of storytelling, or at least that is my my dissertation, I suppose. My video dissertation, not video, Mm -hmm. this is audio. Um, What is a video game story that really influenced you growing up? And how did it influence you? Oh, oh my God. Um, okay, so when you say growing up, what is the age, what's the age cap we talking here? Honestly, I'm very loosey-goosey about this. It could have been yesterday if you wanted to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I am going to... I feel like I know what game you're going to talk about. I think it's, really? it's a game that we both... I mean, I mean... Oh. I mean it, I, I think it might be the game that we've mentioned before. So just to kind of pivot slightly. Oh, no, I wasn't going to choose that one. Really? Yeah, okay. I have a different one, but but go ahead with what you're going to do. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> we can talk about also, that one later. We'll talk about that one uh, together. Together, yeah. yeah. By the way, yeah, we, we, we talk about Tales of the Abyss, y'all, in case anyone is. <laughs> okay, you're really hiding the ball. Right, like, what are y'all no. talking about? Um, <laughs> we've talked about Tales of the Abyss before, and, we'll, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later. But so the series I actually wanted to talk about was a game that I actually played in my early, I guess, early mid-20s. It's a trilogy called The Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. If you mm. are a real one and have played it, I will literally, like, leave a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. I will actually shit myself um actually that's not really an incentive for you to do that but i will be very excited <laughs> if someone... we're supposed to change the whole, our whole show name to cas pajama <laughs> right that was also supposed to be a thing that happened uh oh but anyway so basically it's a story about so it's a trilogy right and so the protagonist of the first two games is a teenager by the name of estelle bright and basically mm. she is what they call a bracer which is basically kind of like a not like necessarily like a police body, but like they kind of just do various tasks around the 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 villages that they serve. So like if mm. someone needs help with like something that's really laborious, like they'll get bracers to help do it. If there's like I don't know like a monster infestation, mm. they're like, hey bracers, y'all wanna y'all wanna do something about this? Like they kind of just like an all around just service for the community. Okay. So Estelle's trying to like become a bracer. She also has an adopted brother named Joshua, and so. 
Estelle's dad is named Cassius, and he's like this really, really amazing bracer. So it's like she's like, yeah, like you know, I'm a new bracer or whatever. Like I'm a junior bracer, but like, best believe, we about to fuck it up. Like I'm about mm. to be out here wearing it out. Like don't, don't, don't sleep, bitch, because we we out here. And so the book, so the not the book, the the game kind of starts off with them, the two of them, like becoming bracers, blah blah blah, and it eventually kind of spirals into this bigger political plot going on. It's really interesting because basically in the kingdom that they live in, there was a recent war about ten years ago, and so you're seeing that like in as far as the countries involved there's still tension lying between them and so mm. it kind of it become, becomes this bigger political story it also becomes a lot about like Estelle's own like maturation as a person and like her having to come to terms with like grief and loss and like you know all these different things and so what I loved about the story a lot was that the character writing was just phenomenal. Like, I really... Like, the characters that you end up, like, kind of falling in love... Well, not falling in love with, but I guess, like, having joined your party and stuff are just, like, really, really dope. By the way, yeah, this is, like, a Japanese role-playing game. I, I didn't um, uh, say what, what genre it was. But um, that's kind of the premise. And honestly, what those games got me through a really, really hard year of my life. So mm. 2017 was just, like, a very, very difficult year for me personally. And I remember, like, amidst even, like, the worst of things, I was, like... Like, you know what I have that I can do later? I can play that game. I can definitely play Legend of Heroes Trails in the oh, Sky. I can I absolutely yeah, do like that. A, a place of solace, you know, an escapism. Exactly. No, it very much felt like, it, it felt like very, yeah, I mean, very much escapism, but also just like in a really healthy way because the story mm-hmm. was also like very complex and like, you know, I, I genuinely just found myself loving these characters so much. And honestly, not for nothing, I kind of attribute that game to why I like to write now, like in a kind of creative fashion. Cause I remember, I remember when I um, finished those games, I was like, Oh my God, I need to find more like JRPGs with like female protagonists that like tell these types of stories. And like, unfortunately there like really weren't many, like there weren't like a lot to choose from, or at the very least the ones that did exist weren't really meeting what I wanted to do. And so I was like, okay, well like, I mean, I can't necessarily find another story or the, I'm having a hard time finding a story that's, resonates with me maybe i can just write one or maybe i can just create one and so that's kind of when i started to explore a little bit this idea of like what would it look like to actually like create my own world to like you know to sort of tell a story in that fashion so i don't know i feel like that game really got me interested in storytelling as like just like a formal medium and and, in kind of the creation of of worlds and things of that Mm. nature so and also it's just like an extremely good source of solace and peace and I don't know, something something comforting during an otherwise extremely chaotic time of my yeah. life. <laughs> so, so yeah, so Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. Um, what about you, Akko? Legends of Heroes. Okay, I like that. All right, y'all, if you... There you go. If you need a, <laughs> a complex game to dive into, there you go. I feel like every time Marcy gives a video game recommendation and I play the game, I always enjoy it. So, oh, nice. Okay, that's actually really affirming to hear. Yeah. Like, I played Gris, and I love it. We can talk about this in the second half. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so for me, the video game that really affected my life growing up, <laughs> and this is like half of millennials, is Kingdom Hearts. Oh, um, my God. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. I First of all, I think I was pretty young, What I probably younger <laughs> than I should have been. But the thing is, mm. the thing is, it was full of Disney characters. So you thought, well, this is mm-hmm. an innocuous enough game. There shouldn't be right. any deep philosophical musings here because it's a Disney <laughs> game. <laughs> but then, right. and it should not be terrifying because... 
like I said, it's all full of Disney characters. But when you're like 11 and all of a sudden, so first, like the first thing that happens is like the screen is black and there's just like this conversation, like this philosophical conversation about who we are and sorrow and finding yourself. And Mm. even though we're all from different worlds, we share the same sky, the same destiny. (laughs) Right. And I was sitting there and I was like, where am I? And then all of a sudden, like, you fall into this world like this like dark world and there's like this huge kind of like tapestry under you and and you're supposed to choose to like choose a a a path you know like Mm -hmm. a sword or a shield or like a mage magic thingy and i remember being a kid and being like i am terrified (laughs) like what do you mean choose choose Mm. a path like i have to this will affect my like choices in the game like the answer is yes and then the Mm -hmm. first thing you do is fight yourself like it's you a shadowy version of you i think you lose and you like sink into this darkness and you you wake up on your little island and first of all just that rattled me to kind of have that deep philosophical conversation as a young age was like kind of important, like something Mm -hmm. it made you think a little harder. And then the game does this really cool thing where Sora, who's the main character is not the initial chosen one. His best Mm. friend Riku is the chosen, or at least that's the one the Keyblade chose for whatever reason. And Sora only gets the sword because Riku is evil. (laughs) That's the only reason. (laughs) Like, it was true, truly was not his to have. And in fact, like halfway through the game, they're like, that's actually not yours. <laughs> Everyone's like, that mm. sword is strangely doesn't belong to you. And so they have this main character who, who is not supposed to be the main character mm-hmm. was really cool too. It was sort of throws the whole thing on its head. And then mm. the conviction, the conviction of sort of finding a friend, this is probably why I love Naruto as well, of finding a friend who's gone off somewhere and, and, to, to be like the most important thing to me is to find someone who's lost in the darkness and to believe mm-hmm. deeply that that you could save your friends like you could you could truly help them and giving everything mm-hmm. giving everything for that for 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 love you know and and the story's just super but there's like some really dark parts like the part where like at the very end it's just like you and the beast and you've lost all your companions because you're technically not really a chosen one and and you you just have to do this like solo self self mission, you know, to like and really prove to yourself that you can do it. Like, it, it, you know, like really, what where does your conviction lie? Like, do you really believe in love and friendship and light? Like, do you? And and what will you like? How much tenacity do you have for it? I, I thought it was a really, for me, mm. it really affected me. And then there was just like some dope stuff about people and heartless and who's considered a person who's not because in the second one there's roxas and roxas is a nobody but he has all these Mm -hmm. memories and then there's axel who loves roxas but neither of them are real and they're wondering if they can have a heart and it's just this like sort of beautiful story of like what does it mean to be human and what does it mean to to live and what does it mean to love and mm-hmm. and all those things and then the story takes like five different turns and i didn't follow the rest because the whole rest of the story got very confusing for me <laughs> like, i don't know there's ansem there's anti-ansem the ansem squared the, ansem the 15th i'm making that up but like they, like everyone is actually nobody and nobody's everybody and actually oh okay oh okay, okay i was oh, like okay. Uh, you lost me you lost me but the first two games i will say <laughs> really the first game i mean brilliant you know what yeah, brilliant. Mm. I think so. Anyway, do okay. you have a what? What's up? 
this this is so funny because like i um <laughs> i was gonna ask you if you played the third one um i heard some like pretty like i did not play the third one <laughs> i feel like the reception wasn't as great as i thought it was gonna be like people were like oh my yeah. god kingdom hearts 3 like this we've been waiting like what 14 years for this fucking game like jesus time. christ like we cannot wait and then like the reviews were like i mean like it was fine and i'm just think- like because the first one was so innovative and creative and so like because i I think disney also didn't have so much wasn't so tightly like Mm. controlling of its brand that it was like i I mean the beast the beauty and the beast like little thing is like pretty dark like there's some like pretty dark stuff in the story like but now i feel like disney is so much more conscious of like what its brand looks like that i think that also interfered with it um mm. and it was just i think when things are small like it was the fr- no one thought kingdom hearts was going to do well like the people were like i don't know whatever <laughs> like mm. but it, it was such a brilliantly innovative i mean i've heartless like these little heartless characters that crawl around and like and you know what i mean and the fact that like mm-hmm. sora actually finds out that he's helping to open kingdom hearts which is what the bad guy wants in the first place by mm. defeating these heartless like it's so there's so many twists and turns that are that are quite interesting and innovative and the second one there are two with the nobodies and there's lots of sort of emotional turmoil and conflict Mm -hmm. between team members but then i think it starts to it just starts to lose the plot (laughs) a little and it's it's not as it, it loses its its philosophical underpinning and it's mostly just mm. like love and friends but not in like a deep meaningful way like it was before yeah um, but the games that came also it took like 15 years for it. i mean the ones in between are i think the chain of memory one is really interesting um mm-hmm. Because it's like, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. But the problem is the third game took, I mean, I played that game first time when I was like 11, a preteen of some age. By the time the yeah. last one came out, I was deeply into adult. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. It was like, so, what, like a year or two ago? Like very recent. Yeah. 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 So. So. Huh. Interesting, anyway. interesting. I will say the I did play Kingdom Hearts 2 and I thought that it was, I mean, I also remember, yeah, being like, fairly young and like playing it and being like this game is flashy like ooh, like i don't know just like being really transfixed <laughs> by the like the, the sailor moon ass like yeah. transformations like you would, like get these different outfits and like have yeah, different keyblades and i was like this is sickening but like i remember i tried to play the first one and actually i like <laughs> i got stuck i think it was either in alice in wonderland or in tarzan whichever one comes second yes that's i remember the other thing that it was, was like hard. really hard. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I cannot. I and I'm sure if I had like a walkthrough or like you know, like I could like watch someone else play the game, mm-hmm. like you could now. Like I'm sure I would have gotten past it. But like at the time, I was like, girl, this is hard as shit. Like honestly, yeah. like I, I, it's too much. So I just uh, eventually just kind of stopped. I think that's what it was. It was a mixture of like the game was you actually like you had you got better over time. It wasn't. It was mm-hmm. this Kingdom Hearts two. It's pretty easy to get through stuff. It's a much easier game than Kingdom Hearts one. But like it was hard to get through things. So when you got there you felt very accomplished mm-hmm. and then you were so invested so when the story took a turn you were like very very shocked and taken aback mm. yeah hmm. so nice yeah do you have any other games that like maybe influenced you ah uh, growing up growing up growing up let's see let's see let's see let's see 
I have another one I can talk about. Oh, yes. I, I love to hear about it. Hmm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of if, I sh- if I should do Ocarina of Time or if I should do Spyro. I feel like everyone Ooh. knows Ocarina of Time was a great game. And, it, and I think that's also like a time bending one, too, which is really a brilliant mm-hmm. game. A brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone. A great storyline, too. <laughs> Does it beat Spyro? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Mm. Yes. I think the crowd would agree. But. I think what's great about, I'll talk about Ocarina of Time, but I think what I really loved about that game was just, yeah, I think to trust that a young, that young people could understand a complex time travel story and, mm-hmm. um, and not to pull punches on terrifying things <laughs> um, mm-hmm. was really brilliant. And then the use, you know, something that's also cool about video games that you don't really get in stories is that like a niche thing can be really cool. Like in Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. the sword is a key. That's very cool. <laughs> and mm-hmm. in Ocarina of Time, it's an ocarina. And the story, I mean, yes, people have weapons and people are fighting. But I think what I love about games is that the point isn't necessarily to fight people. You know, like the 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 the, the most important thing, the thing you're trying to accomplish can be so so it's like he has he has so many songs so you can like play mm-hmm. them or whatever it's like important to the story and it gets you different things i i don't know I, I think to change the focus of things to something less violence based i guess so like in spyro for instance the whole point of spyro is he's supposed to save all of his like dragon egg siblings who've been captured <laughs> by mm-hmm. like a nefarious villain the whole point is to like save these eggs it's not to like win or be the best it's like to go back and just like make sure everyone in this community <laughs> can come back home I love that. <laughs> yeah like it's i i don't know i feel like i do feel like as games have progressed there's been a split whereas like what's seen as like a real game quote-unquote is like where oh ooh, let's talk about that like actually though yeah it's been a split like there's like it's not a real game you know only real games are like grand theft auto or halo or like not not that there's elden anything. ring or yes. like fucking yeah shit like that like you have to have this component of like violence and fighting and like i like a good sword fight don't get me wrong all right you know, i could do a first person shooter just like anybody else but i do think what has always been fun about video games is when things got innovative and kind of weird and interesting um mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it kind of as a medium for like sort of an interesting and innovative story. But I feel like there's been a split where those games are seen as like less profitable or less legitimate, mm. quote unquote. I mean, <laughs> we were all around for Gamergate. We know what happens when people start like saying things like, I don't know, other people exist in video games and have been playing them since they've existed. And But apparently right. that's like not a thing. It is a thing, but apparently people have disagreement on that. But anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I that was my thoughts. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I can just kind of quickly give a nod to Tales of the Abyss. Um, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. Ah, that Tales was also uh, another one that really impacted me in the sense that, like, so just quick, t- quick, quick summary. Basically, it's a story where you follow this young royal named Luke, um, who basically like. I'm trying to remember what got the plot going for real. Basically, he was visited by one of your later party members. Her name is Tyr. And there's this whole, like, basically shit is afoot in the world. Like, there's there's basically something called, um, I think it's called, 
Jesus, this, not the scroll, the, the score, the score. Wow, memory, fuck it up. So there's something called the score, which basically in the world that they live in, I forget the name of it, basically there's a, there's this, um, there's a text called the score that essentially predicts everything that's ever going to happen to anybody. So it's like, it kind of talks about like all of history, but it also predicts what the future is going to be. And Luke ends up going on this adventure with a, with a ragtag group of motherfuckers um, to basically... <laughs> Stop this person who is essentially, I want to say the villain was trying to like destroy the score and start mm, anew because he yes. felt like the world was too scripted, that like there's no room for innovation, that all we're doing is just like following this like, the score in this way that isn't really intentional or thoughtful. We need to like break out of this. And to, so to yes. do that, basically, he's trying to like destroy everything. So they're like, no, uh, we, you can't. We no, stop, stop. We have to stop the villain. <laughs> Uh, but then at the same time, Loki, they're like, but like not for nothing. The score is late. Like maybe mm-hmm. we maybe we should chop it all together. I don't know. Like I feel like there's some points being made here, and it's interesting because well, like, like each- mm-hmm. I feel like there's a couple of twists and turns that make Luke realize that perhaps he is not the protagonist that he thought he was. Mm-hmm. May in fact be a villain. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and same with the rest of the party members. Like there's something that each of them does that is like. High key shady as fuck. Like either mm-hmm. they have like a really wild past or like they were like secretly on a mission, but like changed their minds. Like there's just all mm-hmm. of them are very morally gray, except for maybe maybe Natalia. I feel like Natalia was probably That's the one true. who was the most virtuous. I, I feel like I, I feel like Natalia was like fine. I was, I was like, okay, well, you, kind of what you see is what you get. But everybody else, the rest of y'all motherfuckers, like <laughs> is is, is giving like personality was kind of morally gray. Anyway, uh, continue. Right. <laughs> so so yeah. Um, and I like that it was a game where at you as the player like did fucked up shit sometimes like luke and friends did some shit that was actually pretty heinous and honestly like it was one of those games where like i also like this too there was like as far as like the villains or the antagonists they kind of followed a similar system so basically each so there were six main party members and there were six main villains so each villain kind of corresponded narratively with one of the people on your team and so it was like it was this interesting and each of them basically served as foils to one another and it was really fascinating because what i loved about the game was that i was like this game could have easily placed you in the in the role of the villains and it would make total sense. Like you yeah. could easily see yourself playing as this group and like there would be a compelling story to 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 get to. So it really like kind of deconstructed what's good and what's bad, quote unquote, and really just kind of illuminated the the fact that people just make decisions, people would just have motives and like mm-hmm. that motivates their behavior and where you are is just where you are, right? And so that was something that I was like, this is I, I never seen some shit like that. I was like maybe what, thirteen when I played this game? Yeah. And I was like this is some next level. Like I had never seen really much of that in in any form of media, frankly, or at least in 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 hindsight, I, I can't recall one that was similar to that. So I just remember that game being very, again, just very compelling with the storytelling, very interesting. I played that shit. Child. I played that shit what three times, maybe. Um, it's not a short game. It's it's like a easily 70, 80 hour adventure, and I was like. I finished it once and I was like, again. And then the second time I was like, yes, once more. Like, I literally was like, I cannot stop playing this shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, also really, really good story. Also could literally not shut the fuck up about it. Like, I would go to school like, have y'all played Tales of the Abyss? Just so <laughs> good. And everyone's like, Marcy, like, we're in high school now. Like, and you're talking about, like, RPGs. Like, loser. And I was just like, oh, yeah. my reputation. So anyway. 
Yeah. So anyway, but Tales of the Abyss, sick thing. Honestly, yeah. I might go back and play it again. That shit was everything, everything. You know what I'm seeing is like a common theme here. Well, first I just realized Kingdom of Hearts came out way earlier than I thought it did. That's wild. March 28th, 2002. Oh, That's- wow. A That's... smooth, <laughs> I think it was, wow, I would have been technically, I think, eight? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought I was much older playing that game. <laughs> now I understand why it, why it uh, changed my life. Okay, so anyway, um, I think what we're seeing here, like, what's cool is when video games, one, put you in the protagonist's role, but then also mm-hmm. nuance what it means to be a hero or the main character in the story. Mm-hmm. So it's like it forces you to play, not just like watch, but like play as the person. And then when mm-hmm. you add that moral gray area, it, it kind of makes you as a kid have to see different perspectives that you wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to see before, you know? And I feel like that's a really cool thing to force a mind to do at a really young age. I feel like it helps you think similarly to the books, right? Where you're when you're the protagonists, right, you're in that person's head and you you mm-hmm. become them and grow a, a level of empathy. Like if you're playing as a character and, and you have to put in effort, you know, to like win something and you kind mm-hmm. of, you know what I mean? Like their stakes and their goals become much more poignant to you. And mm. then their realizations become like quite influential to you too for how much time you've invested. And I think that can be a really powerful and, and like interesting thing and exercise and and empathy if we like allow (laughs) allow it to be but not for nothing like mario party mario kart great games apps come on come on for the the, try to defeat your neighbor or your (laughs) friend of it i know (laughs) it's so much fun no, honestly, the new Mario Party where they like remix all those games from Mario Party 1, 2, and 3, mm. that alone almost got made me get a Switch. I almost was go. like, okay, bitch, it, the time is up. The, the time <laughs> has come to get a fucking Switch because my God. Yeah. I played it though, and that shit is uh, phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. Yeah, it's fun. Like, I feel like I, as much as I would love storytelling, and I think that's what's cool about video games, you can also just not have that be the case, right? Like, Smash, but, and, mm. and this cool is like, it's storytelling that can involve other people. And I know it can uh, involve other people really toxically because <laughs> humans can't have nice things. But I Come feel on. like it also, it can connect people in a really fun way, right? Like, I'm sure many of people have memories of playing Super Smash Brothers with a group mm-hmm. of people. And just everyone kind of wilding for no reason. <laughs> or when someone steals your star in Mario Party and you're like, so what? Do Are we enemies now? Are we moral enemies right. for the rest of our lives now? <laughs> and you like square up in real life. Like I'm just like, well, I'm really about to go to blows right now over right. literally pixels and codes. Like what the fuck? So I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, I, yeah. Video games have been pretty influential, I think, in a lot of millennial lives, but... Yeah. We're gonna take a break, I guess, and then if we when we get back, we'll just talk about more video games. This is a bonus episode, y'all. <laughs> yeah, like literally, like like I mean, what you see is what you get. Like, come on, two, right? This is this part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> See y'all in a bit.
Yes. So I guess we're just going to talk more about um, these these video games. So I guess... Mirroring our usual, you know, discussion section. If we can, <laughs> I just want to kind of ask a, a quick question to get on, get us started. Um, Akko, I'd love to hear about some games that you've played recently. You know, it could be one, it could be a couple, how, you know, whatever you're feeling. Anything that you might recommend. So we talked about things that kind of impacted us growing up. Like, what about some some recent games you played in very very recent memory that have been impactful to you? Yeah. So I have to admit, low key, high key showing my hand here i've actually played less video games now than i used to like mm. i don't know if it's if it's because of time i don't know if it's because of like i don't know i don't know what it is maybe i mm-hmm. i guess it's the same reason we, i stopped reading for a while i feel like adulthood yeah. makes it kind of hard to 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 get into things so i haven't been That's doing real. a lot of gaming but but mm-hmm. games you recommended, I have played recently. So, for instance, I mentioned Chris like 18 times. And people are like, is that the only game you've played? And the answer is sort of. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Very emotional. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the ones recent ones that I've actually finished is probably why it is. So, mm. it, I really liked it. It took you on this like really beautiful journey. Oh, you know what another one is? This is not a new game. But the game Journey I yes I yes stand that game. I love. Oh my god! Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, the between the music, the simplicity. There's a point where you're like surfing on sand, and you like yes. go through these, yeah these columns, and there's a sunset happening. Well, you just man, if you're gonna it's make like you're any, sailing on gold, it's yes. so beautiful. It's so beautiful, and it's so. I feel like if you want to, like, I don't know if you can meditate via video game, but if you want, if you want to try, <laughs> that would mm. be the one to try because it's just so calm and like yeah. thoughtful and beautiful. So I really dig that game. Gris, I like because of it's just kind of just like helps you go through the stages of grief mm-hmm. in a really interactive way. So you're working through grief, grief <laughs> but you're also playing a game. <laughs> I don't know. So I like those two. I just started playing Dungaropa, which is also not a new game. Hey, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and I I find it fun. I never I've never played like a mystery video game before. So I, I know there's a lot out there. I just I just personally have never played. One, so <laughs> <laughs> people are like, let me give you a list. I'm like, I know. Honestly, if you have a list, honestly, this sounds mm. like a great a great time for the users to interact with us. The users. Wow. Okay, video games are on the brain. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> can you imagine if we were the player one, player two, the situation? Oh my god, I have a I question know. for you after this is done. Okay, um, okay, but anyway, that's what I've been doing. But I know you are super into video games right now, so what I want to know is like, what are your recommendations? Yes, okay, so first of all, I heavy, heavy agreement to, to everything you just mentioned, Journey. Anyone that's into video games, I cannot recommend that game enough. That was another... I'm I'm seeing also a trend here where I'm like, Journey was a game that I played when I was kind of in a period of grief that also, to your point about it being meditative and like kind of being a a vessel to really kind of insert your own experience into, it Mm. was just such a... It was very, very touching when I played it. That game and Florence were both some really important games um, last year when I was processing some things. But... um. 
but yes, as far as gaming, so I'm okay. I'm gonna try not to talk for thirty minutes. I guess like the <laughs> listeners will now know if I was successful in doing that or not. But um, I basically had this whole recent renaissance when it comes to gaming, like two years ago, where before, honestly, for like the long, because so you know, I talked about Tales of the Abyss. Honestly, since Tales of the Abyss, I pretty much only played Japanese role playing games, like almost exclusively for like more than a decade. And like, I and and again, like you, like you, Aqua, I was kind of like in and out when it came to gaming. It wasn't like a super central part of my life. And it wasn't really until the pandemic and and me learning more about like indie games, so breaking mm. out of kind of the double A, triple A space, that I realized that like you know, because I I really wanted to just play more games that just had better representation. Because like as much as I enjoyed the yeah. games I was playing, I felt like a lot of them had these like really trite like gender stereotypes like i felt like they were they weren't you know the most diverse i feel like i wasn't seeing many like queer characters trans characters etc and i realized that there was like a whole universe of indie games that are like first of all a a lot of them are really really phenomenal with the with the representation that that they hold and two they're a lot shorter and Mm. in being shorter they like have i feel like they actually tell better stories Mm. because so many games i used to play because they had such long play times like they were just kind of padded out with like random shit Whereas, like, a lot of the games I play now, it just feels like, it's like, okay, girl, this is only, like, a four-hour game. So, like, you, like, <laughs> you, really you can't really stall together. here. You kind of just yeah. jump into the story. And there's so, oh, my God, I could literally go on forever about games that I've played that I've loved. I'll name a couple. Ooh, okay. So, there's a, so, funny enough, I've been getting into, like, some strategy role-playing games. Which, again, not a genre I used to ever play growing up. Like, literally, like, never played it at all. And recently, there was a game that I, so, okay, so there are two games. One game is called Wintermore Tactics Club. If anyone plays a lot of indie games, you might have heard of that one. Basically, it's a, it's a story where you're playing as like um, a young girl named Alicia who she and like her friends are part of this like high school club where they do like basically D&D <laughs> and they enter like this school wide snowball fight where like basically like the winners of the snowball fight like have to continue in this tournament and if you lose the snowball fight your club is disbanded forever like hella dramatic for no reason the story kind of takes a very magical realism kind of turn at the end it's a little bit wild honestly i kind of i don't know i feel like i kind of lost the thread (laughs) a little bit but phenomenal characters but the game that i really really wanted to talk about will love winter more tactics club absolutely phenomenal s tier we love it but there's a game called heart of enya that I really Ooh. love. And I honestly haven't heard of anyone else talking about it. So I really wanted to lift it up. So it's another strategy game. And what I love about it is that basically you're playing as... So you know how like in your average hero's journey, there's like... when when I don't know. When they're like setting up fire, there's like a hearth or whatever. They're like around the fire telling stories. Or it's like a moment for like the heroes to like rest. In the game, you're technically playing as the fire itself. So the fire is sentient. And basically, you exist in this cave and heroes come in and out to like kind of like rest and like get their bearings. And you provide like solace and information to them. And so in this story, essentially, there's three. Well, I'll say three. (laughs) There are three characters that are on this journey. Each of them come from totally different walks of life. They're just kind of like existing together. They just happen to run into each other like in front of this hearth. And there's like this giant snowstorm outside. And so each day in order for them to progress in their journey, they have to like basically fight off the blizzards. So in the game, it's not like you're fighting monsters. You're just fighting like ice. But like it's 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 represented in like a strategy combat mm. way. And, like, in between each day of, like, fighting off the ice and stuff, you come back and you, like, get to learn more about each character. They kind of go into their backstories. And it is just a truly, truly beautiful, like, just some of the, 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 
it's like the tragedy that a lot of these characters come from is just really salient but like just the way they come together it's also extremely a lot of great trans queer representation and just like the theme of chosen family is so powerful in this game it really really resonated with me and i was like this is truly one of the best games i've ever played i love that the game is like yes it's strategy but it's also like non-violent like you're technically it's like all of it's a metaphor it's like you're fighting off nature but it's like you're 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 it's like there's just a there's a consciousness around it that i just find really really Mm. really lovely so heart of enya is an amazing game it's also free for anyone that uses steam or anything so highly recommend there and i'm trying to think of another yeah, so Heart of Inya is definitely one I always like to lift up. I'm just looking at it now. The racial diversity also is like pretty impressive. It's like pretty cute, right? Like it's it's it's, it's real cute. It's real cute. Yeah. Um, and the second one is, do I go in a different? What direction do I want to go in? What do I want to recommend? Oh, it's just such a like. I'm literally just going through my Rolodex. <laughs> like, what do I talk about? Um. I'll name one more that was also really, really good. Another free game, by the way, on Steam. It's called Mission is Complicated. And basically, it's it's so it's actually a dating sim. Um, I wanted to name something a little bit more lighthearted because, you know, this is... Yeah, I feel like a lot of the games we've been recommending are maybe a little bit on the heavier side. But Mission mm-hmm. is Complicated is a fucking hilarious, phenomenal game. <laughs> it is literally... You're following this, like... These five queer superheroes who are basically like higher. So there's this whole thing where like, it's not even like a spoiler because like they tell you this in like the first two minutes, but like basically there's like this monster that's trying to destroy the world. And the only way to to stop the monster is that there's like a stone called the invincibility stone, invisibility stone, some shit like that. Mm. And basically the... Yeah, yeah. So two people who fall in love, be it platonically or romantically, are have to come together, unite with the stone, and with that they can take the power of love and like defeat the monster. Hella corny, hella cheesy. Like the girls aren't here for the story. It's really for the character interactions. Cause basically you go on these missions with with the different characters. You kind of pair them off on these different missions, and then they go on like these these dates. I'm saying dates, but really these could be friendship dates, you know, romantic dates, whatever. And like seeing how the characters relate to one another and just seeing how much you learn about each character through their different roots with other characters is just mm. it's like one just fun it's it's hilarious it's so fucking funny i literally laughed out loud at so many different parts but it's also really nuanced like yeah. each character there's just so much depth and complexity and they talk a lot about just like a lot about mental health like a lot about you know living with various mental health conditions a lot of you know sort of characters navigating like ptsd and like all these different things it's just it's a very it's a very funny and lighthearted game but it's also just very earnest and just Mm. seeing the ways in which they like grow to love one another is just really really lovely and it was just the entire time i was like and this is something that I feel about a lot of indie games in general. Like, as much as I love how they're like, a lot of them are kind of shorter, sweeter, whatever. It actually breaks my heart that a lot of these games don't have the, the funding. notoriety, the, yeah. the the funding, the publicity to like really be these like behemoths of games that like, I mean, e- like shit, even if they had like a fraction of the funding that like a, even a double A game gets, like they could really take these stories yeah. to like the next level. And so that, that, that's something that's really upsetting to me, but it's also like, I don't know, there's something about the current foundation that allows for a lot of indie games to really just be very honest in their storytelling, very experimental, yeah. very innovative just go against every yeah very innovative in, in, in every single way right and honestly yeah. you see a lot of trends where indie games start trends that you know these bigger studios kind of mimic later right mm-hmm. and so there's something 
just really beautiful about indie games that I just really, really love so much. I honestly could go on forever. <laughs> I'm literally obsessed. But yeah, Mission is Complicated. Highly recommend. Also recommend Heart of Inya for anyone into their strategy games. But certainly there's so many others that I can, I honestly might just in the, in the, in the show notes, show notes just, just leave a bunch of recommendations for anyone or that's looking for Marcy's any Corner. great games. Oh, yeah, that could be too. fun. Yeah, put a little something on the website. <laughs> I know the, the two of us have corners that are filled with cobwebs but um Akko's more than anyone's <laughs> well, I was gonna say oh yeah this is why Gamergate was actually quite a problem because it, it it's sort of I, I, well you know sexism in the video game and racism and homophobia in the video game industry is a surprise to zero people in the mm-hmm. room um right the rooms that me and Marcy are both in separately so that's two zeros that people are not surprised by <laughs> um <laughs> The listener's like, did you need to go specifically to explain how little people understand? Anyway, whatever. And I, because I, I remember we were in college during Gamergate and actually it interrupted one of the speakers who was coming to our university. Oh my God. Of yeah, I remember threat. that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it was a really, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, they doxed people, rape threats, mm-hmm. bomb threats. It's not mm-hmm. really it's not really cute shit you know (laughs) it's like a bit of a fucking problem all because people are like hey other people play video games and always have (laughs) and always have been a part of it it's not just a bunch of straight white men have you considered that women enjoy video games they're like nope it's a chop it's 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 not possible you guys and your social justice warrioring but um i think it's it's so i think one of the problems when people assume that other people that only one demographic plays a type of game, you assume mm-hmm. a couple of things. One, you assume that that demographic doesn't want different storytelling, which is not true. To be right. frank with you, white men are people just like everybody else. And if mm-hmm. they were to participate in other storytelling, which they have through millennia, <laughs> they might also mm-hmm. enjoy it and likely would. So to sort of like flatten this group of people, because it's the easiest way to make financial gains off of them is a bit disturbing Mm, and the right like what it perpetuates is also a bit disturbing right but then along with that and on top of that you're just diminishing all the other people who participate and enjoy storytelling and video games which is insulting (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and a little bit annoying and you're doing it because of quote-unquote financial gain but that's not true you're doing it because it's easy and because you also as a large corporation would like to take the lazy way into making money. <laughs> so I'm going to flatten this group of people and say that this is what they like and feed that to them over and over again and make that their personality. And I'm just going to ignore all of the financial gains we could be making, even if we wanted to stay in this capitalist system off of these other right. people, because I just don't want to think that hard about the diversification mm. of our society. And you're like, okay, well, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess we could all just like lie down and like, put a like a little ivy in our arms and just wait to die too like yeah sure i guess we don't have to do anything (laughs) with our existence (laughs) i'm just saying like you know like let's push ourselves a little not everything has to be about the easiest way to make a financial gain sometimes things are about the love of it you know the fun of it the imagination Mm. of it we say as two people who don't make money off this podcast (laughs) 
<laughs> right. But it's also, I, I like that you're bringing this up because I think there's such, you're so right. There's such a laziness in that, that it's like, oh, well, like this is what's profitable. And I'm like, but you haven't even tried anything else to tried. see what else could be profitable. Oh, like, yeah. and again, I'm not even only, I'm not here to be like, oh, you should only tell stories for the profit. But right. it's like, that's actually factually untrue. It reminds me of like Black Panther. Yep. Like when they were like, oh my God, like a black superhero movie could do this well, could like shatter these fucking records. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you literally never tried. You never tried. Have you considered that people actually want to see themselves represented across the media that they consume? Have we? Is that so right. far-fetched a concept con- right, exactly. that people would show up? And it, have we considered the fact that you are lying about other people's ability to relate to other groups of people? Like, have you considered mm. that you're wrong about the fact that the majority culture might actually, I don't know, that the people are changing and would actually like to see right. a different group of people represented? Like, you, right. it's such a myopic, it's like racism and transphobia and homophobia, they all feed into capitalism because if we can make everyone think a very specific way, we can put them in a box and we can mm. feed them a thing and then we can assure ourselves steady income. So that we can right. do whatever asinine yacht trip we want to do. Right. You know, With like, our unseasoned steaks <laughs> and our unseasoned fucking asparagus and shit, bitch. Like, just like, right. whatever. Instead of asking yourself when you're at the the helms of power, like, I'm just looking at this chicken and then like, there's no lemon. There's not even lemon on it. There's like no salt right. or pepper. They're just like, nothing. Nothing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like like chicken out here crying for help, dry as shit. You gotta water the fucking chicken. Like literally, you it's, it's a mess water here. The like, just, just fucking <laughs> disgusting. Well, I mean the the my the point is, which I think we share or are on the same page about, is that I am not convinced that people don't want to stretch their imagination. I'm just not convinced of that. I think people mm-hmm. will and people can, and I'm not giving up that hope. I I. I thought about it a lot. I thought about giving it up, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not convinced mm. that the human population is unable to understand each other across whatever lines that exist. I am convinced right. that you can make it so people don't have to, and you can make it mm-hmm. easier not to, and you can even penalize people for doing it. But yeah, I think the imagination of humans is endless. And I think we could, mm. video games kind of prove, I mean, all mediums of storytelling kind of prove that. Um, mm. So anyway, that's my it's somehow philosophically deep spiel about video games that was surprising considering the context of which we're talking about. But <laughs> yeah. They're like, aren't we supposed to be lighthearted? And I'm like, yeah. Right. <laughs> we're like, this Correct. is going to be an easy episode. Hey, here's a fun little ending thing. Um, uh-huh. If you could choose a video game to be in, and I'm in there too, so it's a player one, player two situation. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> what game are you choosing? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I love this question so much. Ooh, that is such a good question. Right? Uh, fuck. I'm thinking, hmm, player one, player two. This is hard because I play a lot of single player games. So I'm trying to think, what is a multiplayer game? I think this is a good challenge to make mm. myself expand a little bit. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Do you want me to go first? You should go first, yes. Okay. I would do any of like the Super Mario games where it's like, mm-hmm. um, I can't even remember, like, like, like the ones where it's like, any one of those yeah. is like a bunch 
and it's like a Mario and a Luigi situation. Super Mario Bros. Yes. Whatever. Uh-huh. One of those. Because <laughs> I can just, honestly, maybe one day we'll actually just play together. But like, I can just mm-hmm. see us like causing a ruckus. Maybe even Paper Mario. Like, I could just see us Ooh, being. Ooh, that could be fun. <laughs> I could just see us like trying to figure it out. But somehow, like, I throw a Koopa at you by accident and then like everybody's right. down for the count. Um, <laughs> But I think that would be, and also I feel like I feel like that's a lighter one. Like it's not one where like we get to the end and I'm like, man, I betrayed my friends for riches. You know, like it's mm. <laughs> we're just we're just trying to defeat Bowser. Like it's real simple. <laughs> like it's just like really not that deep, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I kind of want to. I'm feeling like very experimental for oh, some let's reason. Let's do it. Let's do it with this question. So I agree. So I my my initial reaction was like a Mario Party situation. I feel like that would just be like super fun. Um, and I still very much feel that way. I feel like us at Mario Party could be like very fun. I'll be a little chaotic, like just all the different mini games. I feel like after a while, I'd be like, "Girl, I am exhausted. Can you imagine- I have to do. I'm sorry, I have to do what? You want me to run across <laughs> a who? Get the fuck out of here, bro! Like honestly, like I don't need the stars that damn much. Right, like, I'm going it's home. Not but, like, that deep. Also, can you imagine if you go to your friend's house for a party, you like bring you know like oh i brought some dessert like maybe i brought some plates or the napkins you know there's always that person and then mario's like perfect we're gonna like jump rope over a fire and all box on the top of like a tower that's like slowly sinking and you're like i didn't right i just i just wanted to watch netflix man like, right it's like we're actually gonna push each other off the top of a mountain on bumper balls and i'm like why, why? would we do that uh od so, then, <laughs> then we come back every year every <laughs> every every year to do the same shit oh no that God. could be that could be a vibe it's basically um, the purge but with my okay sorry what were you right <laughs> so shit honestly high key i actually kind of i'm living for that one but the one that originally came to mind is, is actually a game that i haven't played yet um oh. so there's a there's an indie game called the gardens between that basically follows it's like so i played it because one is two players but also i feel like it, for us to, particularly it could actually be really interesting from what i understand of the story basically you're playing as these two different characters who are like longtime friends and so essentially you're kind of going through this like kind of Alice in Wonderland rendition of their friendship together. So as you're going through the different levels, like you're, it, it's like very abstract. You're kind of like solving these different quirky puzzles and like each puzzle piece that you're solving has something to do with a memory. So for instance, like on one of the islands, you might, there might be like a giant cassette tape and you have to do something to like start playing mm. the cassette tape. And then once it plays, it shows like a memory of like your friendship. That's like my understanding of the story um and basically as you go through each world each of the memories becomes more more complex or more nuanced and 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 it kind of speaks to like a broader narrative and kind of speaks to where the characters are actually existing at at this moment in time today and i don't know i feel like some kind of journey like that that's very abstract we have to like kind of both work together but in it also get to witness the history of our own relationship Mm. could actually be really really beautiful so that's a game that I was like, I feel like this is a game that I literally Aww. have not played, um, but I feel like it could be very, very cute for the two of us to to be a part of. 
That's um, definitely less chaotic than Mario Party. <laughs> so like maybe after we beat this one, because it's it's like an indie game, it's like two hours, we can like then be in Mario Party and like run for our lives from Bowser <laughs> and parachute out of the sky and literally jump into space and whatever the fuck else that we're supposed to be doing, doing yeah. in those games, right? <laughs> Collecting coins, I guess. Like anyway. <laughs> well, maybe. So I'm yes. Dead. I love it. The yeah. game looks beautiful, by the way. I'm looking at it now. It looks gorgeous. And deeply emotional, you know. All the all the things one needs from existence. Period. I love it. All right. <sighs> well, you know what? We're all out of things to say. So here is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. So, but and if so, check the show notes because Marcy's going to have all sorts of great suggestions in there. And if you have thoughts about games we should or shouldn't play, or what you know you want to add to the plethora of the conversation, or you know what, if you just want to not do that. Twitter right. at the color pages, or in, I guess you don't need to read this if you're not going to do it. But anyway, Instagram at these color pages. <laughs> like, just stop listening, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess the outro is not for you. Um, they're like, we really want to know what you're going to read next. And you're like, don't, because the accuracy is subpar. But anyway, the Instagram is <laughs> at these color pages. Email these color pages at gmail.com. And of course, we have the website, these color pages.com yes of course of course and if this episode brought you any love light delight because this is what not poetry because we are not (laughs) discussing books please leave us some love wherever you're listening to these podcasts which could be apple Podcasts or not also if you enjoyed this episode and you're like you know what there is someone in my life that i feel like Mm. would really enjoy some really dope indie game recommendations i think you know there's actually someone in my life that i feel like could actually be really benefit from this conversation about like representation in video games um feel free to share them this episode just send them the link literally no context and then instead of throwing your phone into traffic maybe just like send them a text and be like hey would you like to play a video game like be it virtually or in person that could be like like a a little nice little adventure play a little mario party (laughs) you probably won't be friends by the end of it i mean shit y'all might you might get to fisticuffs but you know before all the chaos that would actually be really helpful in having us grow as a show (laughs) we really all of that is going to be really really foundational to our growth as a community so we really love to see it and we really just appreciate all of you and your valiant efforts to get us there you might anyway so so our, so next time we're gonna be reading the book that i said we're gonna be reading with, um, <laughs> in the part two of uh, just about my head um so we're gonna be reading part one of birdie by tracy Lindbergh. But between, and, and, and I promise we'll actually, we will <laughs> we actually talk about Birdie by Tracy Lindbergh. Um, but between now and then, Akko, is there anything else we should leave our listeners with before we head out? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just remember <laughs> when you fist a cuff <laughs> that you need gloves. Don't fist a cuff without gloves, y'all. Yes. Don't do that. that don't do that. <laughs> yes, correct. some old-timey music. No, but until we meet again, <laughs> <laughs> just remember to... Stay colorful!